1: Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of, oh my lanta, holy chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, welcome to September and a new series. This series is entitled The Best Friend Series. And to kick that off, we have Season 2, Episode 15, Pal Joey. Which aired February seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. In this episode, Joey and Danny recall the first do- first day they met. Yes, Danny's feeling a little jealous because now that Jesse and Joey have teamed up, they've formed an ad agent. Yeah, well, no, they haven't formed J J Creative Services just yet, but they are working for Mr. Malatesta at the advertising office and so because they're working together which is really cool we get to see them you know form this awesome duo and become closer and friends danny is feeling slighted you know his hangout time with his best buddy since they were like 10 years old is really uh getting more and more minimal each day and danny is getting to his breaking point. So this episode has a seven point one out of ten based on three hundred and thirteen ratings. Let's see, do we have any guest stars? Yes we do. We have Annette Sinclair as Miss Borland. Yeah she plays a teacher of Joey and Danny's. I don't even know if she's actually a teacher. I think she's just like a a recess or playground aide or something. Oh my gosh, I just realized that the boy who plays Harry in this episode is literally two years and two months older than me. I can't right now with that. So that means, then by rights, he is, like, less than two years older than Stephanie. I don't know. I I gotta sit with that for a bit, guys. I just, I don't know. We have Brandon Crane as Sheldon. You may know Brandon Crane from the 1991 or maybe 1990 TV miniseries, It. He played Ben Hanscom. He also, prior to that, would be most familiar as Doug Porter on seasons 2 through 4 in the Wonder Years. So, and the fact that, I mean, in those two things outside of the, the, or, well, you got The Wonder Years, you got It. He plays a lovable sweetheart of a boy. In this episode, he plays a bully, and I'm telling you, I'm not buying him as a bully, because this is a whole other side of, like, wow. We have Philip Glasser, the voice of Fivo Moskowitz. Playing young Danny and of course if you haven't heard me mention last August I did have an opportunity to meet Philip Glasser. Actually twice in one day. It was really cool. Because he was at the mall in Louisville for a Comic Con convention. And then later on he was at the Alamo Draft House in Richardson where they were playing the movie An American Tale for the fortieth anniversary. And he was going to do a Q&A afterwards. And I got my picture taken with him. I even got to ask him about his time, how he auditioned for that scene on Full House and if he got to hang with Bob Saget and everything. It's just uh, so cool. We also have Christopher Kent Hill as Young Joey. This guy, most notable for Five episodes of Roseanne from 91 to 94. He played Lonnie Anderson. If you're aware of Roseanne, he played Crystal's son. He was also in an episode of The Wonder Years in, like, season five. He played a character named Spider, which I'm thinking this might be the one guy in the cafeteria that Wayne Arnold was... Trying to get to talk. Like made a bet with his friends. Like, oh, I bet you like 20 plus dollars I can go over there and get him to tell me his real name. I think I was like, yeah, I'll get him to tell me his real name or something like that. He was also in an episode of The Golden Girls as Billy. And then also in two episodes of Webster. Once as Billy, once as Bailey. We have Adam Harris playing... <laughs> Young Jesse. Oh my. And the thing is, Jesse is at least four years younger than both Joey and Danny. So. And this is pretty much all this kid. This kid really looks nervous or like and incredibly shy and uncomfortable. <laughs> but he's so adorable. So, Pal Joey, as far as connections, has a title reference to something called Pal Joey. Is there a kangaroo in this? movie? I don't know. And I love Lucy. Jesse compares Danny and Joey to Fred (laughs) Nethel. Okay, so here's something that is not really trivia. It says, a similar story happens in Girl Meets World where the characters from Boy Meets World buried a time capsule and remembered it in GMW and dug it up. The kids and Girl Meets World also make time capsules to bury, and this show Danny and Joey bury a time capsule Take get up decades later, with Jesse also adding special items. Okay, here's some goofs. In Pal Joey, Danny's giant's cap that he buried in 1968 is wrong, as the Giants didn't start wearing that cap until 1977, nine years after he buried it. The next one. Plot holes. It is revealed that Jesse went to the same elementary school as Danny and Joey, but Danny says he never met Jesse's sister, Pam, who was the same age as Danny and Joey until high school. If Jesse was in the same elementary school as Danny and Joey, they were very likely would have known Pam as well. Alright, we do have one user review. Gives us a 5 out of 10. Titles it, Friends Forever. This was put up. On February 23rd, 2014, and it's by Mitch RMP. Fighting, arguing, memories, hugging, loving. It's all about, it's all, it's about all there is to this episode. This is one of my least favorites. I was always under the impression that Jesse and Joey didn't know each other when they were growing up. Danny and Joey were friends, but I don't believe Jesse really fit into the equation until Danny married Pam, but I could be wrong. You get a glimpse of the three men as kids, but little more. I just watched it yesterday, yet already I've forgotten exactly what this episode was about. In the end, Jesse is accepted into their pack, but I just found it a little unbelievable. You know, and the thing is, the boys don't even interact with Jesse. So, yeah. I think the only reason they did that is to have Jesse be a part of it because, you know, he's living at the house, too. So, it's like, oh, if you show Danny and Joey, you gotta show Jesse, even though there's, like, a four-year age difference. I mean, he looks like he is flat out in, like, kindergarten and with joey and danny in like fourth or fifth grade i mean part partly to me almost seems like they wouldn't even be in the same school because of i mean honestly i think that danny and joey look more closer to just starting junior high or finishing up upper elementary school because some schools go from one, you know, K to six is considered elementary and then seven, like basically DJ, when she starts middle school, it's it starts in seventh grade. Me, I went K through fifth grade. That was my elementary. Then you had six through eight, which was junior high for me or as I refer to it as middle school. And then you had your nine through 12, which was high school, where some people out there go from six to nine, and then 10th grade sophomore starts high school. All schools are different. Everyone does their own thing. But it's just weird how like I went, I believe it was kindergarten through third grade in one school, fourth and fifth grade in another school, and then six through eight in a middle school, and then, of course, 9 through 12 in a high school, so. All right, so, of course, before I officially get into this episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies know, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners, who just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast. want to let you know where you can listen. Of course, if you're listening now, you're probably listening on either iTunes or SoundCloud. Those are the two apps that you can use to listen to the podcast. Also, a couple of things about this podcast that makes it a little different from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts is that <laughs> I don't go episode by episode, season by season. That's not how I do it. I do episodes based on a theme. It could be based on a character. It could be based on whatever theme pops into my head. Right now we're in the Best Friends series. And in August we did the sisters double feature. Before that, June and July covered Jesse's musical career journey. I've also done back to school series, holiday series, all that stuff. I think one of the first series I think I may have even started would have been the summer fun series back in, which went from. I believe June through July of 2019. So another thing that does set this podcast apart from other Full House and Fuller House podcasts is this is what I call an Ears of All Ages podcast. And what I mean by that is anybody of any age can listen to it. There are those of us that have watched the show growing up as children. And I'm sure there are those out there that have children that have introduced the show to them for the first time and they're looking for a safe space to be able to listen to someone review the episodes and go through the episodes and that's exactly what this is because I'm a fan of the show I grew up watching it I still love I still watch it all the time outside of podcasting about it and I just I wanted this to be a safe place to talk about my memories and my love of the show and have you all be able to listen in that way you don't gotta worry you can play it on a speaker, you don't gotta worry about any inappropriate content, no f-bombs, none of that nonsense. The only other, I believe, full house podcast that is an Ears of All Ages podcast is the What's This Full House. It is also a one host podcast that I've listened to and it is very good. I believe most of the other ones are going to sadly be expletive. But they're still good. I've listened to them. All right, the podcast does have an email address. It's podcast at gmail.com. Also, lastly, if you have been listening for a while or you just started tuning in or you've been listening since the beginning of this podcast, the only thing I ask is if you got a moment, if you could jump on iTunes and leave a review for the podcast, just search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The only Lanta to Lupus podcast will pop up. Click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. Have fun with it. Use emojis. Hit me up with a Full House trivia question. You can use emojis to describe episode titles, your favorite characters, all of that. Your least favorite characters. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So, all right, let's jump in to Pal Joey. Now, of course, I believe with season two, this is when they started doing cold open. So let's see if we get one. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I think it just depends on the length of the episode. Alright, so here we have an adorable cold open with DJ and Michelle, and it's just the two of them, I believe. I don't think there is a Stephanie. So, DJ and little Michelle, Michelle's about two at this point, are sitting on her bed. Michelle's flipping through a little picture book. And DJ is schooling Michelle in... Okay, she says, Michelle, now, look, you're never too young to learn who's cute and who's not. So she introduces Michelle to her, Mike, her her George Michael poster and she says now Michelle this is George Michael and Michelle says cute oh RIP George Michael oh wow burn <laughs> Deej. She says he was cute when he was with Wham he's graduated to rad Michelle says rad. Oh, here we go. MJF, Michael J. Fox. Uh, (laughs) okay. Well, I guess yeah, he was, he was married. He was already taken. Like, oh, the bad news, Michelle, he's married. The good news is he's our size. So DJ's already five feet tall. Wow. She's already got, I'm five foot two, but she's pretty much got me just about beat there. She's got all of her magazines spread on her her bedspread there's like all right, Michelle. Now on all these pictures, pick out the cutest guy. So there was no Ralph Macchio to choose from. She's definitely not gonna pick Kirk Cameron since uh, there is an episode I believe in season one. It's um Daddy's Home I believe because there is a picture on her little corkboard of Kirk Cameron on there. I remember. I think she was even reading a magazine that had his picture on it. It's like what. <laughs> She picks Big Bird, and DJ just bursts this little baby's bubble, saying, Big Bird, Michelle, no one even knows if he's a guy. And she gives Big Bird a kiss. Aww. That's it. That's a cold open. Really cute, short, and sweet. Now, you're never too young to learn who's cute and
2: who's not. Now, Michelle, this is George Michael. Cute. He was cute when he was with Wham. He's graduated to Rad. (laughs) Rad. Now this is Michael J. Fox. The bad news is he's married. The good news is he's our size. Now,
0: out of all these
2: pictures, pick the cutest guy. Big Bird. (laughs) Big Bird? No one even knows if he's a guy.
1: So, we got Danny mopping the floor with one of those push mops. That, it just looks like that would take so long. I mean, compared to a mop where you can go side to side and probably cover a lot more space a lot faster, but Danny also has some paper towels under his shoes, which... I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know if that's something like you would probably do in your stocking feet or not. And I love how he's got Michelle with a little Fisher-Price mop. (laughs) And she's also got paper towels under her shoes. So, yeah, he's teaching her how to mop. Now he is going to teach her the Tanner family model. Let me guess. Is it dirt bad? Clean is good. Dirt is bad. Okay he also gets in on this with wait a second did goodbye Mr. Bear happen yet that is three episodes from now is goodbye Mr. Bear so she, he gives her a refresher later she said, dirt bad and he says the future is in good hands
0: eh.
3: oh good work Michelle I am very proud of you
0: now,
3: <laughs> honey, now I'm going to teach you the Tanner family motto. Clean is good, and dirt is bad. Dirt bad. <laughs> the future is in good hands.
0: My,
1: my guess is this power laugh that becomes a thing with Joey. I'm pretty sure it was done in season one, but he and Jesse come in, With the power laugh, and I'm just like, this is one of the things that I just, I can't. It's just kind of annoying. So, as soon as they open the back door, Danny's like, stop. I just got done mopping the floors. So... What he? Wait a minute. Did he say floor or floors? So my guess is what he did the living room as well as the kitchen. So it's like, how are you getting into that house? That is the thing. Yeah. When my my grandma usually on Saturdays, she would mop the. I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was Saturdays in the morning. She would mop the floors, and she'd say, "You can't come into the kitchen right now because I'm mopping the floor." So basically, and there were other entries into the house from that weren't just the kitchen <laughs> but um you know it was, it was the kind of thing because it's like you live on a farm people are walking in with their work boots tracking in dirt what have you and it's just want to get it done out of the day it's just, it's just it, seems, it seems like honestly a farmhouse people traipse. i mean people always coming and going on the farm and they're always going to go in there wearing their work boots and whatnot. They're, it's like, it sounds like something you constantly have no choice but to keep up on on like a daily basis. And Jesse says, Hey, Daniel, you know, <laughs> it's, it seems like Jesse only calls Danny Daniel when he's trying to make a point. He says, If you hang up a vine here at the door, we can just swing in like Tarzan. That is a major leap from that doorway to the area rug underneath the kitchen table, but hey, they land it, and there just conveniently happens to be paper towel on the kitchen table that they use so they can walk on it to get to the stairs down to Joey's room. It goes wild. Woo! Yeah! Even Michelle is impressed. No, actually, okay, Joey right now, hands down, is going to be... For now, because the episode just got going, he is in the running for worst outfit. It's a colorful Bill Cosby sweater, but I just, I don't know. The pattern is what it's just like, ugh. But then again, like I said, it's only a few minutes into the intro of the episode, so if someone else could take that first place slot, if I find something I don't like, more so than what Joey's wearing right now. Jesse is the one who grabs a paper towel, like I got an idea, as he takes the roll of paper towel and tosses it down the stairs. Basically, you got your own little uh, paper towel carpet. <laughs> oh, of course, here comes Joey with. Oh, but Jess, now don't get any dirt on the paper towels and. Jesse's doing this, the paper towels. <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy's so clever. I see why he's a comedian. He's so funny. Well, wait, no, wait a second here. Dan and kind of laughed it off like, oh, look at those two, Michelle. They're such nutty goofballs. If it weren't for me, they never would have met. That's not necessarily, tr- well... If he hadn't married Pam, thus meeting Jesse, because Danny was best friends with Joey, yeah, if he is basically the one connecting those two. But, um, I just, and I think it's just, it's interesting to see two people, Jesse and Joey, who could be really no different than anyone else they're complete opposites coming together not just in their advertising and they the strengthens you know their friendship which honestly without danny never really would have happened but also it continues with the radio show and stuff it's like we have a strong duo with jesse and joey so let's keep going with that he says isn't life ironic Yes, Michelle. Michelle says, "Yep." Stop!
4: I just finished cleaning the floors. Daniel, something to think about. If you hang a vine up here, we can swing in like
0: cars. (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) We're trapped. No, we're not. Observe, Joseph. (laughs) Jess, don't get any dirt on the paper towels. Look at those nutty guys, Michelle. If was it wasn't for me, Joey and Jesse would never have met. Now they're inseparable. Isn't life ironic?
1: Yeah. So the girls, of course, come through the front door, and DJ calls, Hey, Dad, we're home, and immediately seriously step foot into the kitchen. Crossing the threshold from the living room to the kitchen, Danny, of course, says, stop. And they immediately look at each other, Stephanie and DJ do. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, Michelle is the one who puts up a hand because they walk into the kitchen. She says, stop, dirt, bad. And DJ says, oh, no, it's happening again. He taught Michelle the family model. I'm like, DJ. Just you wait. Your middle son will also be taught that very thing. We also have Harry. Okay, so looks like I'm looking at Nathan Nishiguchi, who plays Harry. He has got five episodes, four from season two. His very first episode was DJ's very first horse, which is episode four of this season. Then he's in season to of course with Jingle Hell, episode five, jump ahead five episodes to Middle Age Crazy with the wedding episode between him and Steph. Then you of course have five more episodes later, we get Pale Joey, and then of course we say goodbye to Harry Forever in season three, episode four, Nerd for a Day. It's almost at some point between episode fifteen and episode four of the following season. Part of me feels like you almost kind of forgot Harry. And then you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. No explanation. Although, and the thing is, the person is played by a different actor, but same character. He's getting married. He invites Stephanie to his wedding. Sweetest thing. Sweetest, sweetest. Their wedding is, I did cover Middle Age Crazy, so... But anyway, yeah, and it's, um, the last thing he would have been in is Hiroshima Out of the Ashes from 1990. He plays Akira. And then he was also in an episode of Highway to Heaven called The Silent Bell. Let's see. But anyway, let's get back to this episode. This is actually the side plot with Steph, DJ, and Harry. They're both, I believe, in second grade. Or is it first grade? And they're learning about subtraction. I'd be like, you just wait till you get to, like, multiplication, division, fractions. We already know that Stephanie struggles with fractions in season four. And Danny says, DJ... I'm working on a new family model entitled, Don't Make Fun of Dad Until You Can Afford Your Own Apartment. He picks up Michelle, picks up her two paper towel that she was standing on, and he slides out of the kitchen on his own paper towel underneath his feet. said, oh, these are for you. As soon as he's out the door, the kids all just like, whatever, he's gone. We can walk across the floor. It's not a big deal i got going to ask, um, those of you growing up as children, when you got home from school, were you told to take your shoes off as soon as you walk in the door, or did you just walk around the house with your shoes on? It seems like even, like, if you go to someone's house, you don't know the rules or the protocols, like, oh, can you please leave your shoes at the door? I know there's, um, one relative that is very strongly prohibits. Shoes in the house like you take them off and it almost to me almost feels like taking off your shoes Especially at someone's house that feels a little too personal a little too intimate like you're too familiar It's almost like something that you have to like break yourself into as or even um, Another example would be when you go to someone's house for the first time and you're a little shy and you're still wearing your coat because you're not yet comfortable enough to feel like you can take it off. So, like once you take off the coat, it's like you feel like you can let out that breath you've been holding. Um, one saying that I absolutely love. And the thing is, I did that with the coat when I would go over. So I always had my coat on. They're like, oh, why don't you take off your coat and stay a while? That honestly is the sweetest endearment or saying I have ever heard in my life. It feels so welcoming. Hello. Stop. Stop bad. No, Dad told Michelle the Tanner
2: family motto.
3: Deej, I'm working on a new Tanner family motto. Don't make fun of dad until you can afford your own apartment. <laughs> okay,
0: here we go, Michelle. Good girl. Okay. <laughs> These
1: are for you. So, Stephanie, and the thing is, I don't understand. They're climbing up to the kitchen counter island there, and Stephanie's like, come on, Harry, let's do our math homework. And he's like, no, 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 I, I can't. Subtraction, it's just going to be the end of me. I notice the back door is open, so I'm guessing like that's left open because Harry's leaving or someone's coming in the back door. Usually, have the time, we're like, why did they leave the door open? Usually because somebody's either going to go through the door or, or come through it. Yeah, he says, I think I'm going to quit school and join the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I love how Stamina refers to Harry as her boyfriend because she says, I don't want my boyfriend to be a, oh, they're in first grade. Yeah, she's like, I don't want my boyfriend to be a first grade dropout. So, DJ steps in because she's done, so, she's got to be, you know, multiplication, division, fractions, she's got all that mastered. So, she decides to show Harry about subtraction using oranges. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to do with a visual there with a, You have four oranges, you take two away, you got two left. Boom. Simple, simple. If you get into, like, higher numbers, like, oh, 37 minus, I don't know, 23. Yeah. I think it's, like, singular, probably, but when you start getting to where both the numbers, top and bottom, are double digits, or even higher than that, it's just, like, You gotta borrow from here, and you gotta take away from this one, you gotta add to the next column, and he's just like, Oye, Vushka, no! Oh! So, Harry says, thanks, DJ, you're the smartest woman in the world. Stephanie is sitting right next to him. And she's just like, oh, my heart is breaking. And Stephanie throws her own shade at DJ, saying, Oh yeah, four minus two, real genius there. I still remember back in the elementary school days of the pictures going along with the math problems. Or the which one of these four items is not like the other three. Okay, Harry, uh, slow your roll there, bud. He says, hey, DJ, can you tell me where babies come from? And DJ just looks at Harry and says, Harry, I think you need to stick to fruit, okay? (laughs) I would have said, you know, why don't you go ask your parents? (laughs) Then when he asked DJ that, Stephanie just looks at him like, oh, my gosh. My boyfriend, everybody, you can't have him. So now that DJ's helped Harry with this one math problem, he is completely smitten with her. And the fact that he, she is an older girl by like three or four years. I mean, she's in sixth grade. He's in first grade.
4: it for you?
0: Mm.
2: Subtraction. I'm going to quit school and join the Boy Scouts. I don't want my boyfriend to be a first-grade dropout. I want a thing. Okay, look. If you have four oranges, and then take away two, how many do you have left? Two. That's subtraction. Very good, Harry. Thanks, DJ. You're the smartest woman in the world. Real genius. <laughs> DJ, can you tell me where
1: babies come from? <laughs> Barry, stick to fruit. Okay, so, Jesse and Joey are toasting each other because they are now working at home. This is J&J Creative Services. However, later on in Season 4 when they, they are basically getting assignments from Mr. Malatesta, they're just, they're working from home. They got a keyboard, they got a computer monitor, they got probably, you know, a printer, probably a fax machine, who knows. But yeah, I like how they have all that open space in Joey's basement apartment, that they have a desk with also a card table... (laughs) It just seems like that card table is very strong to hold up a giant box computer from the late 80s and the other stuff. Whether that's probably the monitor that it is hooked up to and everything. It just makes me nervous thinking one day the legs on that card table are just going to give out and that computer is just going to go crashing to the floor. Double J Creative Services. I don't know who made that coffee, but apparently it ain't good, because they as soon as they take a sip, they're like... Oh, they made the do- coffee, they just uh, didn't plug it in, so it's, like, cold. So, Jesse kind of takes stock of their location, of where their office is. Like, Joseph, I know we're using your basement apartment as our new work office. However, as he looks around at all the stuff Joey has... We he says we need to seriously think about doing a little redecorating. It's like, first of all, you get like 95 of this is Joey's basement apartment. The five percent is going to be your card table slash desk with your computer and keyboard and such. You're not changing the entire room to suit an office. He still has to sleep and sh- You know, I don't. Does it have a shower hook up in there? Or is it just... I think maybe it's just a... It may just be a half bath with a toilet and a sink. I don't think there's a shower down there. He's totally criticizing Joey's Popeye puppets and uh hockey mannequin. There's a blue bear dressed as Einstein. There's a TV, which isn't facing... You want to chill out and just lounge on the bed and watch TV? That TV is not facing anywhere that you would be able to see it unless you put a beanbag chair or another chair in front of that television. It's nailed to the wall. Your Potato Head. Oh, there's Bluto along with Popeye and olive oil. Okay, so yes, it is basically just a toilet and sink in there. There is no shower, which I didn't think. It, it, it started out as a garage. There's not going to be a shower hookup. Apparently, in our house, in our basement, there was a shower down there. We never used it, never went near it because gross. <laughs> I remember there, there was a spot for a toilet. In my childhood home, in our basement. Did I ever go in there? No, because spiders. Creepy. My sister had revamped the entire basement when she moved in of our childhood home and made it into a small part. Looks amazingly gorgeous. Took a roughly about a year and a half, two years to do, but it is, you would not be able to tell that that was once a basement that could fit a vehicle in there. Because it's that amazing. And since the side plot deals with sisters, and I really like to talk up how great my older sister is, because she is, she, oh. As far as older sisters go, I mean, I definitely, I look up to her 110%. He's got Mr. Potato Head sitting on his nightstand. There is just enough room for... A bedside lamp and nothing else. This is just, I mean, this is Joey's personality here. This whole room. It'd be like someone going into Jesse's room with like, well, you've got a Buddy Holly poster or like a handful of Elvis posters. There's a Brat Pack or Rat Pack over there. And a jukebox. I mean, he's going, it's like, this is, you basically dress your room up how you like it. You know, it speaks to who you are, your personality, your interests. Anybody can walk in and say, okay, clearly this person loves to read. Clearly this person is into stranger things. Clearly this person has a bunch of calendars in the room because I do. I have an Orca calendar right above my laptop. I have a what I use for my podcasting schedule. I have my cat calendar. I have my like bookstore calendar I I went crazy with the calendars. Seriously I got like two desk like day by day calendars because I couldn't decide I got a Disney one which I've gotten over the years and then also a Mr. Rogers one. So I also get if you guys love cats and books the cats and books calendar I've gotten for the last like this may be my third year on it. And I love it so much. They also have a planner for 2020. And they are starting now to get the 2024 calendars out since it's, like, the middle of the year now. So, but, yeah, hey, if you love Cats and Books, get the Cats and Books calendar. It's really cool. I believe people, like, submit pictures of their cats with their book collections, and it is everything. And Jesse says, oh, this isn't fun for me. It's, a, it's like working in Pee-wee's playhouse. Hey, you guys needed a space. You could have went up to the attic, but then again, this is only season two. We won't see the attic till what? Season three? <laughs> Joey, Dave Coulee does do a good voice of Paul Rubens from Pee-wee Herman. He really, really does. Jesse is just like, Joey, I'm sick! As he, like, throws the Mr. Potato Head down on the bed. Ugh, I'm serious! And <laughs> Joey's like, I know you are, but what am I? I, I cannot do a P.B. Herman to save, impression to save my life. Just, John Stables! You can just see the grin on his face. He is hes totally... I think he is breaking character here. <laughs> but they have so much fun together! Um, also, even though this episode is not gonna go up until... September. Uh, And you may already know if you follow Dave Coulier's Instagram, he is starting a full house podcast. Oh my gosh, it is everything. I am so excited. I can't wait for it to drop. This is amazing. Um, Pod Meets World uh, is hosted by, it's Boy Meets World Rewatch podcast with Ryder Strong, Will Fidel, and Daniel Fishel. And I haven't listened to all the episodes yet, but, I mean, if you guys want insight, I mean, this is the thing, guys. Podcasting has been taken by Storm. However, we, for the last probably couple of years or so, or maybe even more than that, stars from certain shows have taken upon themselves to watch the shows that they start in and start their own podcast. And I think that is pure genius it's pure genius who's gonna have cool behind the scenes anecdotes other than the people that were on the shows to begin with I mean seriously come on but heads up by this time you'll probably already know because he already put it up on his Instagram John Stamos already commented saying oh I hope that I'll be a guest on your show I have so many stories about you Dave like yes John we I'm sure you have so many stories and you know if Bob Saget were still alive, he would definitely be a guest on that show. You know he would. I haven't actually listened to Bob Saget's podcast, but I definitely would like to. Jody Sweeten has been a guest. I think even Candace has been a guest on. I'm sure John Stamos and possibly Dave Coulier have all been guests. So definitely, definitely check that out. And Danny comes down with... Michelle says, Oh, I like what you did with your office. And you just. (laughs) Joey and Jesse just go, Oh, office. (laughs) Woo! I mean, I grew up watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm sure y'all did growing up back in the 80s and early 90s and whatnot. And that. I mean, I think even YouTube may have clips. I'm sure that I bet either Netflix or someplace has got to have episodes of Pee-wee's Playhouse streaming. For the longest time, I can't remember what year it was, but we're living in the house. And my husband always had a song that he would play ad nauseum every night when he would get ready to, you know, get ready to go to bed and all that. And for a while, it was straight up the theme to Pee-wee's Playhouse. Penny scared me to death. That character, I don't know what, maybe it's because she had pennies for eyes, but she, and she was like claymation, scared me to death. She creeped me out. Didn't like that character. She's probably very sweet, but she scared me. Jesse and Joey, they just, they have so much fun together. And I just, I like how Joey's enthusiasm just really brings out Jesse's. Fun side because Jesse can in a way, it seems like yeah, he is kind of semi uptight and everything like that. But it's just like Joey brings the fun out of Jesse. It's like, Jesse, you know, if Joey wasn't in your life, your life would probably be a lot more just not nearly as fun. So, Danny comes in and says, hey, uh, Joey, you know, it's Jesse's turn to babysit. Why don't you and I go uh, grab a bite to eat in Chinatown and maybe catch a movie? Of course, hey, let's get this party started. He's like, hey, how about beforehand? We'll pick up a a pizza and we'll go play some pool. She is so well-versed for being two years old. Because she goes over, picks up the phone and says, hello. Hi, ma'am. Hold on. Holds the phone out and says, Jessie! It's like she's just very, they have a very good vocabulary for being, you know, that age and everything. They're very artic- articulate. I mean, even I'm sure there's two-year-olds already that know how to use a tablet or play with someone's phone and learn how to, like, do stuff. Jessie heads over, grabs her phone from Michelle. Says, eh, I think we found our secretary. Thank you, Michelle. So, it's Mr. Melatesta calling and saying there's Jesse, fills Joey, and saying, there's an issue with the Chippy Chunk Nut Cookie Council. <laughs> more Chunk Nuts than Chippies in the... I'm not even going to attempt to repeat this because it is the biggest tongue twister a person could ever attempt to achieve. But just, layman's terms, it's an issue with the cookie account. There's chocolate chips and chunky nuts and there's more than whatever well you go and you get a box of chips ahoy or you get a box or what have you or a bag not every single cookie is going to have the same exact amount of chip i don't think they do i think some have more than others but maybe now in 2023 we have machines that balance out the chip chocolate chip ratio in each cookie. So each cookie probably does have the same. I don't know. I'm not a baker. I, I don't work in a chocolate chip cookie factory, so I don't know. <laughs> the fact that he got, he nailed this. You hear some, whoo, <laughs> from the audience. They are impressed. And Joey says, how can they do that? It's like they probably worked on this campaign. Now they got to go back and rework it to adjust to the changes this company made like oh wonderful and Danny's all like how can they say that (laughs) I thought Joey's gonna can you wait a minute can you repeat what you just said because I only thought like the first part so Joey uh Jesse does assure Mr. Malatesta, like hey we're on it don't worry we got this we're gonna take care of it and fix this and Jesse's like, well, partner, it looks like we're going to be working tonight. And Joey does apologize to Danny, but, I mean, Danny's not that broken up about it. I mean, I mean, it's work. You know, they got to do it. This is their paycheck. And Danny's like, yeah, I'm sorry, too. I was looking forward to it for all of, like, five seconds. 30. He says, I've been looking forward to this for, like, at least 30 seconds. And Joey's like, hey, are you free tomorrow? I'm free tomorrow. We can do something then. And... Looks like Danny's busy tomorrow because he has to go over to, you know, next week's show notes with Becky, so. There you go. Well, let's hope Becky doesn't have something going on on the weekend. You know, she might have a nice long conversation calling home to Nebraska to check in with her family. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll just, you know what, I'll I'll move stuff around. I'll call Becky. I'll get her to switch it to Sunday. We can have the whole day to hang tomorrow. He wants nostalgia he's banking on. Because he's like, hey, we'll go down to the gym, and we'll go shoot some hoops. Like the old days, like we used to do. Joyce says, all right, but same stakes, right? And Danny says, yeah, loser does the other guy's homework. So, phone rings again, and Joy's like, I'll get it. And Jeff's like, no, 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 we have a secretary, let her answer it. It's her job now. She gets paid in cookies. Michelle picks up the phone phone and says, hi, ma'am. Bye, ma'am. Hangs up the phone. (laughs) Jesse leaps out of his chair and says, that's it, lady, you're fired. Pack up your stuff and get out of the office. (laughs) That looks like the uh, most uncomfortable chair. It's one of those metal chairs that you pull down. Oh, that looks uncomfortable to sit in. Your butt would go numb after a while. Not to mention, it's a metal chair. and I'm sure there's really no, not much heat down there, so it probably be cold. You could put a cushion on that seat, and you would be ready to roll. Joey says, office, and they go, "Ah!" <laughs> and Michelle, I know I can't be the only one that did this with the whole, you know, like take your two index fingers and put them on either side of your mouth and you stretch your mouth like that. When you stick your tongue out. I know I did that. I I swear my grandma said if you keep doing that, your your face is gonna freeze that way. Who hasn't heard that growing up? The audience goes nuts over that. Ah! <laughs> what a cute baby! <laughs> The audience is literally screaming and applauding at the same time. They love it. Well,
4: Jess, here we go. Our first cup of coffee in our new office. All right, Joseph, here's to Double J Creative Services. <laughs> Boy, next time, we got to remember to plug that coffee machine in. <laughs> All right, Joseph, now that we're using your room as our office, we're going to have to be doing a little redecoration in this joint. Look at this place. You got hockey dummies. We got puppets nailed to the wall, We got Mr. Potato Head here, come on it makes the room fun. Fun? Joey this is not fun to me, it's like working in Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's right boys and girls,
0: and today's secret word is office.
4: Joey I'm serious, I'm serious, I know you are but what am I? <laughs> give up with you. Hey, I like what you're done with your office. Office! Joseph, you are a knucklehead. Oh, come on now.
3: Cut. it Out. (laughs) Hey, Joey. It's Jesse's turn to babysit tonight. Why don't we grab a bite in Chinatown and go catch a movie? Sounds great. Why don't we pick up some pizza first and play some pool?
2: Hello. Hello. Hi, hey, ma'am.
0: Hold on. Jesse!
4: Well, looks like we found ourselves a secretary. Thank you, Michelle. Hello, Double J Creative Services. Jay speaking. Joyce, boss. Yes, sir. What's up, Mr. Malatesta? Oh, no. Oh, no. What's wrong? Yeah, we got a major crisis with the Chippy-Chuck-That-Cookie account. Seems they found more chunk nuts than chippies in the chewy chocolate, so all the chewy chocolate chippy chunk nuts have to be called nutty chewy chunk chips.
3: <laughs> How can they do that?
4: How can they say that? Uh, yes, sir, we'll take care of it. Thank you, sir. Our partner, it looks like we're gonna work tonight.
3: Sorry, Danny. I'm sorry, too. I've been looking forward to this for at least 30 seconds. And <laughs> hey, why don't we hang out tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow's bad. I'm supposed to go over next week's shows with Rebecca. I got an idea. I'll just ask you to move to Sunday. Why don't we get out to the gym and shoot some hoops like the old days? Sounds great. Same stakes? Yep. Loser does the other guy's homework.
4: (laughs) I'll get it. you have a secretary now, remember?
0: Hi, (laughs) ma'am. Bye, ma'am.
4: That's it, young lady. You're fired. Pack up your stuff and get out of our office.
3: Office! (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: all right so in the next scene looks like DJ went out and grabbed the mail Stephanie asks hey is there anything for me oh uh, there's not a lot of mail there's like a couple pieces one is like for resident here you go that's for you you're a resident you live here occupant that's for you detergent <laughs> sample And they say, that's for dad. Yeah. Gosh, it just makes me think of, like, sometimes they would send you samples, like, laundry detergent sample. Um, what was the other thing? Like, fabric softer sheets or dry, no, dryer sheets or something like that. My grandma would sometimes get that stuff. So Harry comes in with an I love you lollipop that looks like you would cut your mouth on because the edges are so sharp. Yes, DJ doesn't even look. She's like, oh, hi, Harry. Because she's not even looking. She doesn't even turn in his direction. And Stephanie, of course, is like, oh, and I love you, lollipop. Oh, Harry, you shouldn't have done that. But thank you for thinking of me. Oh, she says, oh, you're so sweet. And he says, yeah, thank you. It's for DJ. Oh, that lollipop is literally as big as Stephanie's head. And Stephanie can't believe her ears. You're in love with DJ? Harry Takayama, how can this be true? Uh, Yeah, he got bit by the love bug because uh, DJ taught him how to subtract and apparently that's all he can do is subtract. Like, she had me at four minus two. (laughs) Four ticket. Take away two. I feel bad for Stephanie. That's her buddy. Even though she says, you're a boy and you're my boyfriend, that makes you my boyfriend. You're my boy, you're my, you're a boy and you're my friend and that makes you my boyfriend. Here he goes and gives, DJ who's been sitting on the arm of the chair, gives her the I love you lollipop. He asks, oh hey, since we go to the same school, you want to have lunch together? And DJ thanks him, but until... Lucky for me, I'm having lunch with Kimmy tomorrow. And he's like, Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. I'll bring a friend. We can double. (laughs) I would have honestly used this time like, Hey, buddy, I appreciate it. I like the lollipop. I like the gesture. However, this sweet girl right here, who you're completely ignoring and stepping over, um, seriously, just give this to her. Just. Just let him, let him do a nice, like, hey, I I tried, I was trying to help you, I was doing you a favor, I appreciate the admirability and everything, but, um, no. He called her honey. See ya, honey. Oh, and he says, she she says, oh, Harold, honey? Harold? (laughs) And, Yeah. He's still calling Stephanie Chief! He's like, Bye, Chief! And she says, Don't call me Chief! I feel like you lost that right when you, uh, stepped over me and gave my older sister a I love you lollipop. As soon as Stephanie shuts the door as Harry walks through it, she doesn't push him out there, he's already out the door. And she turns on DJ and says, You rat! You skunk! You skunky rat! You stole my man. And the look on DJ's face, just like, man, really? I have Ken dolls bigger than him. This just, oh my god! I just got the flesh. Go forward in time. Three years. We have crush, or crushed, with Stephanie getting a crush on singer Tommy Page, who then takes DJ out. Kisses her on the cheek. After kissing Stephanie on the cheek, and (laughs) that just made me think of this so much. Yeah, I mean, DJ honestly could have just said, hey, buddy, look, I appreciate it, but I'm not interested. You're younger than me. We have nothing in common. You are besties with my younger sister. I think you need to uh, just focus on her. Someone your own age.
2: Resident, that's for you. <laughs> Occupant, that's for you. Detergent sample, that's, that's for Dad. Dad. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Hi, Harry. Oh, Harry. And I love you, Lollipop. You are so sweet. Thank you. It's for DJ.
0: <laughs>
2: You're in love with DJ? Harry yama. how can this be true? Sorry, Chief. But ever since yesterday, all I want to do is subtract. (laughs) (laughs) Wanna have lunch tomorrow? Uh, thanks for asking, Harry, but lucky for me, I'm having lunch with Kimmy tomorrow. No problem. I'll bring a friend. Old Devil. (laughs) See ya, honey. Oh, girl. Honey? Bye chief. Don't call me chief. You skunk! You skunky
1: rat! You stole my man! Man, I have 10 dolls bigger than him. Alright, so, Sunday. Danny and Joey are there. They're playing basketball. <laughs> Joey's singing the theme to the Harlem Globetrotters while he's like swishing the basketball around his waist and he's got he's wearing a michigan jersey he's also got matching blue sweatpants that have uh the knees cut out of them oh it also says on the gymnasium that they're in i don't even know what school that it says or the fact that you'd even be like hey gyms open at the school on sunday because no one's there Ah, I don't, I, maybe, I mean, it's 88, maybe you could do that back then, I don't know. But it says, in block lettering underneath the windows, no street, no street shoes. Can you try to save that five times fast? I don't think I could. Annie, you're playing a fun little pickup game. Why are you stretching like you're getting ready to run around a track? Yo, Joey! took time out of his busy schedule between his comedy career and his advertising job to do this. Because he's like, Danny, I, I more than happily am willing to play basketball with you, you know? But you're stretching more than G- Gumby doesn't have to stretch as much as you do. Come on. Like, are we going to do this or are we going to stretch all day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper warm-up prevents injury, for heaven's sake. Looks like Danny is wearing an adidas track suit. I like the fact that they're both- neither of them are wearing jeans, which I think should be a basketball no-no. They're both wearing comfortable, flexible outfits. Up to his old tricks as Danny's dribbling the ball. Hey, Danny, look! The girls' locker room's open, and he turns and looks, Joey steals the ball. And Dan, yeah, Joey makes a basket. And then Danny said, you know, the only reason I fall for that still is because of the one time it actually was open. Danny, this one, you can't dribble for that long. I mean, I know it's not an official game game with, like, other players, but it's like he's trying to drag this out as much as humanly possible to get as much Joey-Danny time as humanly possible. Like, if he could make this day longer than 24 hours, he would. But Joey's kind of getting burnt out. It's like, Danny, look, a glacier just passed by the window. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, because Danny's taller than Joey. He lifts his arm up with the ball, and you know that Joey's not going to be able to knock that out of his hand to save his life. And Danny says, oh, man, isn't this great? It's just like the old days. (laughs) I'm still taller than you, by the way. Wow, he is really, like, deep, neck deep in nostalgia here. Danny as he's like, hey, remember the last time we played? July 29th, 1972. Danny has got the most amazing memory. I'm surprised he doesn't remember the exact time. Danny says, yeah, it was raining that day. You got mad at me, Joey, because I followed you with my umbrella. Here's where Danny gets really... <sighs> Here comes Jesse. I think Jesse might get the best outfit of the episode award because he is wearing a nice tealish blue shirt under nice under nice underneath a suit jacket and matching slacks. Cuz here comes Jesse sipping a soda. Sipping a can of pop. And Danny's still holding the ball saying, Gu- guys, hey, Jesse, Joey and I are in the middle of a game. It sounds like Danny's saying, why do I have to share my best friend with my brother-in-law? Even if they are in business together. Joey picks up on this and he's like, hey, traveling, my ball. Sorry, Danny. Yeah, thanks to Jesse, Jesse saved the cookie account. we are gonna go to a place called Hippo's to celebrate. So Jesse's mom is watching the girls because a bunch of the guys from the agency and Jesse are gonna go celebrate how they turn nutty chewy chip chub chub pup the in the chewy whatever nutty chip whatever cookies. All they did was change the name <laughs> you know that Joey wants to be a part of this. Hey, I'm your partner, man. I'm coming with you. I just, I gotta change out of these sweats. Oh, here comes green-eyed Danny. No, he, he, arms are folded across the chest. He's mad. No, no. Jesse, no! You can't take Joey. You're cutting into our Danny Joey time. This isn't Jesse Joey time. This is Danny Joey time. I cleared my whole day for this. But no, Joey is the one that before he jumps out the door with, to follow Jesse, he's like, oh, oh, wait. um, Hold on. Jesse, don't go yet. Wait. Wait for me. Wait for me a sec. Well, yeah, he's like, well, I, I kind of promised Danny that I would, you know, play basketball with him. It's almost like he's doing Danny a favor by, because you know that Joey's heart is not really into this. He doesn't really want to. He's more of a it's more of a half to than a one to to appease Danny. Danny's in one of his moods, you know, he needs that Danny Joey time. I want to go to Hippos and hang with you and the agency guys, but, you know. Danny's really being, I don't know if this is the term passive aggressive, but he's like, no, no, go, don't let me ruin your fun. Go, you know, party with strangers. I don't care. I'll just be here by myself, playing basketball by myself. He is really, really making Joey feel guilty. Oh, yeah, real great for trying to fit t- me in your schedule. Being a big baby is what he's being. So, yeah, Joey's like, hey, look, we'll play sudden death, all right? Well, next basket wins. And apparently that's not enough to appease Dan. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, great, just just fine. Just, I'm somebody's like, just... I'm surprised he just, yo, just, just go with jo- Jesse. Just go hang out at Hippos. Yeah, he's like, thanks for squeezing me in, pal. Real quality time here. You know what he's sounded like right now? What do you think he sounded like? Take a hint. Fast forward like four seasons down the road. Sounds like Becky in Tokyo. Like. What, 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 what? Doesn't that itinerary have anything about, you know, Jesse spending time with his family and sightseeing? Oh, Jesse, you have a concert? You gotta go rehearse? Oh, you got your radio show? I told you, you, me, and the boys were gonna go, you know, on the dumbbell ride. And we were gonna go on the, see, the other attractions here at Disney World. But what, what, you gotta work? No, Jesse, come on, honey. We got, you know, we're a family. The boys... This, we only have them for a short amount of time. I know that they're two years old, but they will remember this for a long time. We need to make these memories. For, forget you work. Forget that that's the reason we came down to Florida. <laughs> Danny is being just like that. So, Jesse's like, all right, hurry up, Joey, I'll wait for you. And Joey starts dribbling. And kind of using his arm against, you know, across Danny's chest to try to get him out of the way, which I don't know if that's allowed. And then when he goes to shoot the ball into the basket, Danny basically slaps the ball right out of Joey's hand. And Joey's like, oh, no, that counts for me. I get the basket because uh, you wristed me with your wrist. And Danny's like, Joey, that's not even a thing. He's like, resting? Really? What the heck is that? And Joey's getting irritated. Yeah, he is irritated with this. It's like, yeah, you hit me on the wrist. You got a better name for it? So, both of them turn to Jesse as like, okay, who's right, me or him? Because Danny says, oh, I hit all ball, which is, I just touched the basketball in your hand, I didn't touch you anywhere else. And, of course, you know that Jesse's going to side with Joey. Like, well, I mean, well, technically, if there is such a thing called wristing, then, yes, I I do agree with Joey. You did wrist him. I was like, well, yeah, you did hit him on the wrist. So if there is a thing called wristing, yeah, you you hit him on the wrist. Yeah, Yeah, you did. You wristed him. So Danny's gonna have a hissy fit. He's gonna be a big old crybaby here. He's like, oh yeah, take his side. What else is new? Ugh. Yeah, and and Danny just leaves like, oh yeah, thanks for the game. Real quality time. And Joey's like, Danny, seriously, what is your problem? We'll play later, okay? It's not like this is the last day on our last day on earth. that we'll, we'll never have another chance to play, play another one on one basketball game. Yeah, he, he, seriously, he's like, what is the big deal? And Danny, this is a low blow for Danny to even say. It's like, well, if I have to explain to you, I don't know how we were friends in the first place. I'd be like, uh, excuse me? This, no, nah, mm, no. Danny's out of line here. I get he's hurt by this and annoyed that he doesn't have his QT time with his friend. But, you know, things happen. Jobs Things come up in jobs and you got it. You got to do it. You got to, you know, you, you said you're going to work for this company. If something comes up with this ad that you did, you're going to have to take care of it. Come up with a solution. He says, if I have to explain it to you, I don't know how, why we were friends in the first place. And just the look of hurt on Joey's face. It's just like, I mean, their friendship goes back at least 20 years. Yeah, Joey calls Danny out. He's like, Danny, you're acting like a little kid. And Danny says, no, I'm not. Give me my basketball. As he like rips it out of Joey's hand. And Jesse and Joey just kind of look at each other like, Jesse's like, what is with him? I've never seen him act like that. Have you? I mean, you've known him longer than I have, Joey.
3: Come on, Gumby doesn't stretch as much as you do. (laughs) Proper warm-up prevents injury. Okay,
1: I'm ready. Let's go. Lay ball. All right. Dean spent half the time dribbling. Stretching out.
3: The only reason I still fall for that is because the one time it really was open. (laughs) Okay, your ball out. Okay. Look, a glacier passed by the window. <laughs> Isn't this great? This is like the old days. I'm still taller than you. Remember the last time we played? July 29th, 1972. It was raining. You got mad because I fouled you with my umbrella.
4: <laughs> Joseph,
3: hey Jess, what's up? Guys, we're in the middle of a game. Traveling, my ball.
1: <laughs> what game you're saying they there holding the ball? Great yeah,
4: news, I pal, We saved the cookie account. That is great news. Danny, uh, my mom's watching the girls. I'm going over to Hippo's. Bunch of us from the agency so are going to celebrate the way we turn chippy-chunk nuts into nutty-chewy-chunk chips. Hey, I'm <laughs> your partner. Yeah. I'm going with you. So, bye, Danny. Uh, Jess. I promised Danny that I'd play basketball.
3: Oh, no, no, no. Don't let me ruin your fun. Go. Party with strangers. Hold on, Jess. Danny? We'll play sudden death. We'll finish the game. Next basket wins. Thanks for squeezing me in, pal. Yeah. Hurry up, Joy. I'll wait for you. Foul am right. no. oh, the big man. I got Ooh. wristing.
0: Hit him in the face. <laughs> wristing?
3: What the heck is wristing? You hit me on the wrist. You got a better
4: name for it? I hit all ball. Jess, you saw it. That I wrist him. But uh, you did hit him on the wrist, so if there is such a thing as wristing, I'd have to say, yes, you wristed him. Oh, okay, fine. Take his side. What else is new? Thanks for the game. Nice
3: hanging out with you. Real quality time. Danny, we'll play later. What's the big deal? If I have to explain it to you, then I don't know why we were friends in the first place. Danny, you're acting like a little kid. I am not. I'll give me back my ball.
0: <laughs> you hard, Danny.
1: So DJ comes into her room, realizes Stephanie is not there, her bed's not there. Stephanie's had a busy afternoon, let me say that. She not only took her own bed complete with box spring and mattress and everything else that comes with a bed, pushing it into Michelle's room and pushing Michelle's crib into... Her space in the room that she and DJ shared. And <laughs> I love Michelle's face. Hi! She's waving. Hi! I'm your, like, I'm your new roommate. <laughs> Hi, DJ. <laughs> DJ, actually, she asks Michelle, like, Michelle, what are, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Michelle, I love it. She throws up her hands, like, I don't know. <laughs> I was just in, sitting in my crib. And then all of a sudden, someone's pushing my crib. And the next thing I know, I'm in here. Here, Michelle, here's the rest of your stuffed animals that can share your crib with you. This is not the first time I swear that they switched rooms with uh, Stephanie and Michelle. Or wait, no, actually it was because Stephanie at Chickenpox in season one, DJ stayed in in Michelle's room. But then again, I'm thinking... DJ already would have had, yeah, when they're like, oh, who had chicken pox? Who here in this house had chicken pox already? Danny was fine, and DJ was fine. If that's the case, then really, she didn't technically have to, you know, move. I mean, what is she going to do? Get the chicken pox again? I don't know if you can, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you can be reinfected with the chicken pox. But my guess honestly, if they want to make super duper sure well granted Jesse's parents were I don't know what they had going on. Maybe they're on a trip somewhere so they couldn't take her, but or they just but Danny went through that whole phone book of possible babysitters and nobody could take her. But by that point, if she'd been handled by Joey and Jesse who ended up getting the chicken pox, then I would think that Michelle would have gotten them at some point. And DJ tells Stephanie, like, Stephanie, I am not sharing a, a room with Michelle. I'd be like, okay, well, fine. You can take Michelle's room and then I'll move back in here and sleep in your bed. Stephanie's got a banana clip in her hair, and I know that because my sister had banana clips. Yeah, Stephanie calls her a stinky, ratty boyfriend stealer. <laughs> Lamoid boyfriend stealer. And Stephanie goes over to the table to kind of just stand there. DJ goes out, she's like, Steph, you gotta like let this go, okay? Can you get off of this? Seriously, I'm not interested in this kid. He's four years younger than me. I love how DJ talks herself up. Like, Harry is a first grade kid who's got a, a crush on an attractive older woman. <laughs> this does not phase Steph in the slightest. She just like looks over DJ to the side of like, oh, Michelle. Guard your toys with your life because you're rooming with a thief. Yeah, she'll be your best buddy until you have something that she wants and then look out. Nothing is safe. So when Stephanie leaves, DJ goes over to Michelle like, oh, Michelle, don't listen to Stephanie, all right? Well, you can trust me, okay? We're we're cool. I will never take anything of yours. Like, you can trust me, seriously. Michelle hugs her stuffed animal closer like, mine, no touch. My bunny.
2: Hi, DJ. Michelle, what are you doing in here? I don't know. <laughs> Here's the rest of your stuff, Michelle. Thanks for switching rooms with me. I don't think
1: Michelle had a choice.
2: Stephanie, there's no way I'm sharing a room with a two-year-old. There's no way I sharing a room with a no-good, skunky, ratty, rotten, lamoid boyfriend-stealer. Did you get off this? Here is a first-grade kid with a crush on an attractive older woman. Watch out, Michelle. She'll be your best buddy until you've got something she wants. And then, nothing is safe. (sighs) Michelle, don't believe her. You know you can trust me.
1: So Danny is using the hose vacuum on his couch. It's like, I guess that's what he does when he's distracted, when he's irritated, he'll just clean something out of frustration. And he also starts using it on his shirt or sweater, but I'm just like, "Mm, don't do that. So, looks like Joey actually did come home and change. Good for him. He's wearing, it's, it's like it's teal, but it's similar to what Jesse is wearing in color. It's like a sky blue tealish mix. And then he's got a V-neck button-up sweater that's black, but it's got like fuchsia, some fuchsia rectangles and... Some other, like, yellow and blue patterns. It's not bad. I really like the coloring. It just seemed like in the 80s we were all about, like, neon and bright colors. So, yeah, Jesse and Joey come back from Hippos. They had a great time, I'm sure. As they see (laughs) Danny, the, um, the vacuum hose that he's trying to, like, clean his sweater with. It's like, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, hey, it had to happen, Jess. (laughs) <laughs> the vacuum finally turned on him. They had enough. Looks like, did they both? Or did maybe Joey meet him there? Because Jesse's got his motorcycle helmet and his motorcycle gloves. Unless maybe Joey rode with him there. That could be. A fit! Because Jesse's laughing about that and the look that Danny gives is just like, almost like he feels like he's been betrayed. Like, oh, my best friend is selling me out. He's making fun of me. And then Joey goes to confront Danny. He says, Danny, what's going on with you? Why did you walk off the court today? And Danny just takes his foot because it's a... All it basically is, it's almost like one of those, what do they call those things? A wet dry vac things, with a very long hose attachment. And he, instead of answering Joey, he just like uses his foot and turns the machine back on. And Joey's like, no, 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 we're not doing, we're we're gonna hash this out right now. Don't just ignore me and start cleaning. So they start getting into an argument. Oh no, he actually unplugs it from the outlet. He points the finger right at Joey's like, tell him, don't you ever unplug me when I'm cleaning. And Joey fires back, Well, don't point your finger in my face unless I have food on my face. And 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 Danny's firing back with oh, well, don't ever tell do me. And Jesse has to jump in here it's like, is it buff, dude? They're about to throw down. So Jesse's trying to be the mediator between these two guys, like. We don't need any violence in this house. Come on, now, stop. Like, clearly, it's like, go to your neutral corner so we can hash this out. Like, you go over there, and you go way over there. The problem is, it's with Danny, and Danny could be honest and admit why he's so angry and why he's acting this way. (laughs) This is where we get the Fred and Ethel joke from Jesse. And Jesse asks him, "What? hey, are you guys going to let a basketball game break up a 20-year friendship? It's like, no, it is more than a basketball game. It is a lot, it runs a lot deeper than that, Jesse. And Danny says, yeah, the only reason we even became friends in the first place is because I saved his butt on the day we met. And Joey's like, oh, no, 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 you have that backwards. I saved your butt. So here we go with flashback time. As Danny says, excuse me, no. It happened just like this. And if memory memory serves me, which it always does because, you know, Danny remembers down to the little itty-bittest detail, the date, the, probably the time, what the weather was doing, <laughs> what everyone was wearing. He's got that good of a memory. Okay, fifth grade, gotcha. And he says, we just finished lunch. I had macaroni and cheese and jello cubes. He says, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I had something else. Hold on. And he keeps like reiterating back and forth. And Jesse's like, Danny, can you please? Like, we're here to talk about the story. and You're rehashing what you had or didn't have for lunch. What is succotash? He traded the jello cubes for suck attack. You know, that is, like, one of the top, like, finger foods when it comes to, especially in my family gatherings. It was always the jiggly jello cube, like the long rectangular jello cubes. And you'd always, like, find them a week later when my girl was cleaning the upstairs. Just random food that was just slid under a bed crumbled up in the corner and just why am I finding this time a week later? Okay, so I found out what Succotash is. A vegetable dish consisting primarily of sweet corn with lima beans or other shell beans. Other ingredients may be added such as onions, potatoes, turnips, tomatoes, bell peppers, corned beef, salt, pork, okra. Wow. In popular culture. Oh, that's right! Sylvester so the Cat and Daffy Duck's trademark exclamations are suffer and suck attach. That's real. I thought it was just one that had that catchphrase. They both did? Huh. Yes, 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 I get it, Danny. You don't like jello cubes because they have pieces of fruit that get stuck in your teeth. And Jesse comes over to Danny so like, Just tell the story, huh? Alright, 1968.
3: It had to happen. The vacuum cleaner finally turned on him.
0: <laughs>
3: Danny, what's going on with you? Why'd you walk off the court today? Oh no, you don't. Don't give me the vacuum treatment. Hey, never pull my plug when I'm cleaning. Never point your finger at me unless I have food on my face. Never
4: tell me what to do. Whoa, to whoa, whoa, pi- whoa, 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 Fred Ethel. <laughs> Look, man, are you guys gonna let a basketball game break up a 20-year friendship? The
3: only reason we became friends in the first place was because on the day we met, I saved his butt. Oh, you got that all backwards, Jack. I saved your butt. Excuse me, but if my memory serves me, and it always does, it happened exactly like this. We were in the fifth grade. We just finished lunch. I remember it was macaroni and cheese and jello cubes. No, wait a second. I traded the jello cubes for succotash. I don't like jello cubes because they got pieces of fruit that get stuck in your
4: teeth. Just tell the
0: story,
3: <laughs> Okay. The year was 1968. They we were sitting out in front of school on a bench. My nose was bleeding. Again.
1: Alright, so yes. Danny is sitting there in a mustard yellow long sleeve button-up shirt. <laughs> holding a Kleenex up his nose because his nose was bleeding apparently again. Danny needs to stay away from basketballs. We have, I'm guessing this lady is either a teacher or, well, I don't think she's the principal because she threatens Joey with seeing the principal. And you find out Joey is a new student here because the lunch, the recess monitor, whatever she's supposed to be, Miss Borland. Is this not the best way to start off at a new, at a new school, is it, Mr. Gladstone? Yeah, she says, Clowns belong to the circus, not in the schoolyard. So, and the thing is, Joey says, like, that's how he made people like him, is by cutting up in class and just being goofy and whatnot. But this Joey has an edge to him, where he's more of a smart aleck. Less of a <laughs> comedian. Or at least, just the way he comes, he... She's like leading him out to sit on a bench next to Danny, and she's actually sitting next to him. Okay, suspended. I get it. It's nineteen sixty eight, but that's what did he do exactly? Did he put a attack a on the teacher's chair? What did he do? I mean, suspended. You're go. You're like jumping through more hoops than necessary. That's uh, it's like you're jumping to step nine when you're on step one. If anything, you get detention first, or you go see the principal. Oh, no, she tells him to sit right there and don't move a muscle. And just the way that he, like, goes to, like, plead his case, but then he freezes. Oh, Philip Glasser's Danny, because she's asking, like, how is that nosebleed, Daniel? <laughs> and he says, oh, it's cloudy nicely, Miss Borland. Oh, here we go. Well, wait a second. If they're supposed to be, like, ten years old in fifth grade, that means that Jesse's like, in kindergarten in, like, grade six. Because he goes up to these girls. He's wearing dark blue jeans. And I don't know what it is with John Stanton. Maybe he just loves the color teal because he's wearing, like, a teal sweatshirt. He goes up to them and says, who wants a kiss? That was adorable, Lisp. And he, the girls, like run away. And he starts chasing them. You see three random toe headed blonde boys <laughs> just hanging out in the background. I don't think they acknowledge anyone but themselves. Well, two are blonde. The other one's kind of a sandy, blondish brown-haired kid. Here we go with Brandon Crane, who played Doug Porter on The Wonder Years. He was also in the TV miniseries version of Stephen King's It in 1990. I cannot see this kid as a bully. I think just because he is a bigger, you know, guy, and he's teasing Danny. He's holding a volleyball. That's not a basketball. Says, oh, did Doofy Danny get a boo boo? And Danny looks up at him and says, You threw the ball in my head, but I wasn't looking. And this guy here just like, Well, you're looking now. And he goes to pretend to throw the ball in Danny's face, and Danny flinches. Made you flinch. Ugh. I love the hard glare that Joey gives this guy. It's like, huh. No, 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 you're not going to make fun of somebody on my watch. It's like, I don't even know this guy, but you're not going to do that. Joey's been to many, many schools. He looks like the guy who would stand up for the underdog. Like look oh, how, when he stands up, he puts a hand on Danny's shoulder, Joey does, like, hey, buddy, I got you. Don't worry, I'll take care of this. Yeah, he starts with the insult jokes. Hey, I like your hair, and the guy says, oh, yeah, thanks, and Joey says, yeah, who cuts it, Roto-Rooter, which, I, I don't know, that I think it's a company like that, that unsnakes clogged pipes or something. Here these three boys come, they're not hanging on the uh, wall of the school anymore, they're just standing there laughing, oh, this guy's clever, he's making fun of the bully. Daddy's like slapping his leg. Like, oh my gosh, this is great. Oh my gosh, and here comes the bully with. Oh yeah, and Joey says, "Good comeback, dude." And then he, and Joey comes with, comes up with, "Is that your head, or did your neck blow a bubble? Or, or did your neck blow a bubble?" Everyone is just finding this so hilarious. Especially those other girls- those, like, four other girls standing there. This boy loves an audience. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Cut it out. (laughs) He was doing that even then! Even that he knew how to win people over. He'd been doing that, I bet, and he had been doing that for years. He's a master of his craft, Gladstone is. Danny asked you, like, hey, where'd you get all those neat jokes? How in the world this hardcover book, because it does look like it's a hardcover book, would have fit in his back pocket. No way would he be able to sit down properly on that bench. Of course, if you didn't want if you didn't know that it was 1968, just Joey saying, Oh yeah, this book, A Thousand and One Insults, pretty groovy, huh? Oh my gosh, the girls can't get enough of Jesse. These girls are, like, literally 11 years old running after a six-year-old. And he's like, whoa, one at a time. That one boy was originally leaning against the walls, like, like trying to back up as this kid runs past him. Or <laughs> behind him with these two girls chasing him. Like, whoa, if I don't move, I'm going to get a run over.
0: Off to a bad start at your new school, Joseph Gladstone. Clowns belong in the circus, not in the schoolyard. Now unless you want to be suspended
3: on your first day, sit right here, and don't move a muscle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How's that nosebleed, Daniel? Body nicely. Thank you, Miss <laughs> Who wants a
0: kiss? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? Doofy
2: Danny got a boo-boo? ball in my head when I wasn't looking. Oh, well, you're looking
0: now. <laughs> Made you flinch.
2: <laughs> hey, I, uh, like your hair. Thanks. Who cuts it? Rudder? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah? Good! Come back! <laughs> Is that your head? Or did your neck blow a bubble? <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you, thank you. Got it. To get all those great jokes? This
0: book, a thousand and one insults. Pretty groovy, huh? <laughs> hey, one <of> the time!
1: <laughs> oh, good grief, Mr. Bully. Really, you had to go grab the recess guard. Oh, there's a kid that was picking on me. Oh my gosh, well, just send him to the principal's office. That's it. I'm calling your parents. Good luck finding his dad. <laughs> he's probably overseas somewhere, or so or somewhere. You ain't gonna be able to hold him. You know that Joey's mom is gonna stand up for him a hundred percent. Just her, sort of imagine her like, "I'm calling your parents." Hello, Mrs. Gladstone. Yes, I have your son here, Joseph Gladstone. Yeah, well, he's causing a disturbance at the school, and I'm sure his mother's like, "Excuse me, a disturbance, really." You know how many times we've had to move in the last five years? It's hard for him. He's trying to make friends, and she's probably like, "Yeah, I'm trying to raise my boy on my own. My husband's off in the military. The- We're separated, by the way. Thank you. But <laughs> I'm just I'm working two jobs. You know, and yeah, I I could definitely see her. Yeah, and the thing is." When we see Joey's mom in season one, you know, return of grandma or the grandmas, she's not a grandma to the girls, but she is pretty much very much like Joey. You know, she makes jokes and stuff like that, and that's probably how she coped as well with, you know, her husband's been like, I don't know how long since the, uh, how many, maybe they just divorced and he's, you know, struggling trying to find his way. We don't know. It's just this, this lady just constantly on him. It's like, you got a kid there who's throwing a volleyball at someone's face. It's happened more than once, I'm sure of it. Apparently, it just, it just seems like something that Danny is... And the fact that this kid is pre- he's preying on the weak, other kids and everything. As far as the other kids don't, like, gang up on him and... Go after him or something. Poor Joey's trying to plead his case. And then we got Danny with his shirt tucked into his jeans. Yeah, and Danny says, that boy's lying. Joseph here has been a perfect angel. And the bully says, Tanner's a liar. And I just, I love how the recess lady says, that's not possible. Danny Tanner has never told a lie in his life. Daniel, Tan- yeah, she's calling him Daniel. <laughs> Brandon Crane, the actor who is playing, who we learned his name is Sheldon, the way that he is like mugging was just a shock, like, huh? What? what, huh, huh? He really thought that, that he was going to be able to get Joey in trouble. But it's just his, his hammy shocked face is just, oh my goodness. Sheldon! Uh. That burns it around. <laughs> yeah. So, Joey's like, hey man. And I love how he puts a hand on Joey, on Danny's shoulder. Just like, hey man, you saved my life. And Danny says, yeah, you saved mine first, man. And Joey says, hey, we saved each other. That means we should be soul brothers. So this seems like he's kind of coming up with this on the place. like, all right, to make it official, though, we had to bury something very, very important to us. Of course we get neat, clean Danny, who's like, bury something when we get dirty. I love the exasperated look that Joey gives, like, oh, man, I, I you need so much help here, Danny. I, I Don't worry, I'll take care of it. <laughs> I love it. Danny puts his hand. It's okay, I'll be careful. <laughs> They are so adorable! Of course, yes, we gotta do that soul shake, some special handshake. Where they, like, take their hand and they go, kind of, like, turn it into an airplane and go, and just glide it. And then this, uh, black boy comes along, he's got his sack lunch, throws it in the trash, and he just shakes his head at Danny and Joey, like... Doing it wrong. Let me show you how it's done. The kid kid just throws his sack lunch in the trash and walks off shaking his head like. So here we go. Well, she just delivered Sheldon to the principal. She's like, oh, I got another kid I got to watch, keep an eye on. Because she takes Jesse by the hand and says, until you stop learning to not chase the girls, Jesse Katsopoulos, you're gonna sit here on this bench with me, and he just looks at her and says, "Have mercy." <laughs> i like, oh, gotta get those catchphrases in, and you see that the kid's hair is the way it's styled, just like Jesse's, and I think because he's he's wearing a teal sweater or sweatshirt, just like Jesse's wearing a tealish blue shirt. So we can come out of it. You see, Jesse's face is just in love.
2: There's a kid who was picking on me. That's it. I'm calling your parents. But, uh, wait, Miss Borland. That boy's lying. Joseph has been a perfect angel. Tanner's a liar. That's not possible.
3: <laughs> Daniel Tanner's never been in trouble a day in his life.
0: Let's you and I visit the principal, Sheldon.
2: <laughs> Sheldon? <laughs> uh. Thanks, man. You saved my life. You saved me first. We saved each other. That means we're soul brothers. To make it official, (laughs) we each have to bury something real important to us. Bury something. Can we get dirty? It's okay. I'll be careful. Good. Let's do the soul shake. How do you learn to stop chasing the girls, Jesse Kapsopoulos?
0: <laughs> You're going to sit right here with me. Have mercy.
1: So we come out of the flashback and Jesse is still thinking about that teacher and how he said, you know, fantasies about her or something like that. And he's like, hmmm. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, they're both... Well, Danny's telling the story. And Jesse's like, the point is, this is a beautiful story. And you guys, you know, you were there for each other. And Danny get Both Danny and Joey are sitting on opposite arms of the couch. And Danny says, yeah, we were there for each other as he stands up. And then Joey says, yeah, I should have let Sheldon cream you. All this out of the fact that Joey is... Got other stuff going on and doesn't have a whole lot of free time to hang out with Danny. This is just something a child would do. You both are in your 30s. Grow up. Not so much Joey, but Danny. And Jesse, again, yeah, he's trying to be the mediator here. It's like, guys, don't you realize how lucky you are? I mean, I wish I had one good friend all these years. And he, he says, you guys have history. 20 years worth of history. And you guys buried something together. Soul Brothers, yes. So Danny is just, he's ready to, what's he going to have Joey do, do, move out? Like, I don't want you living under my roof and helping me with my daughters anymore. I want you to leave. This is, it's ridiculous. He is just, is unacceptable. He's like, I'm going to go unbury that box so that way I can take my stuff out of there. I don't want it resting next to yours for all of eternity. And Joy's like, yeah, well, I'm going to go with you because I don't want my stuff resting next to yours for all eternity. And you know what? I don't even know where we buried it. And Danny says, yeah, well, that just says it all, doesn't it? And then as Joey and Danny leave. Jesse's thinking to himself, hmm, Miss Borland. I wonder if I still have her number. How? How did you get her number? This is leading into some creepy territory. I'm just gonna move on.
4: I remember that teacher. I used to have fantasies about Miss Borland dancing on Laugh and with we'll it to me, painted on her tummy. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that was a beautiful story, man. You guys were there for each other. Were there for each other. I should have let Sheldon cream you. Uh, come on, guys. Don't you realize how lucky you are? I and mean, I wish I had one good friend all these years. You history. You guys buried something together. You're soul brothers. All in the past. I'm gonna go dig up that box we buried because I don't want my stuff resting
3: next to yours for all eternity. <laughs> well, I'm going with you because I want my stuff, too, and I don't remember where we buried it. Well, that just says it
4: all. It's Borland. I if I still have her number.
1: I just thought of something. Her last name was Borland? Was she related to Al Borland? Probably not. So, DJ takes Michelle and puts her in the hallway saying, Michelle, you can't live here. You can't live in my room. Then she goes to her old room where somebody says, no, Michelle, you can't come in. This is not your room anymore. And this poor girl is confused. She's like, oh, what a day. So she just ends up, Michelle just ends up going into Jesse's room. And here comes Harry. I noticed they still got a baby gate in front of the stairs, which is just as well. Oh, he calls Stephanie by her name instead of Stephanie. He calls her Steph. Like, hi, Steph. He calls her that instead of Chief. Like, he's basically written her off. Like, "No, you're not Chief anymore. You're just Stephanie. And then he comes over to DJ and says, oh, hi, honey. I would have put a stop for that right there. It's like, Harry, you need to stop. This isn't cute anymore. I don't like you like that. You're making me uncomfortable. Stephanie gets a good jab and was saying, "Your boyfriend's here." DJ and DJ says, "He's not my boyfriend." Yeah, DJ said, "Look, all I taught this kid was how to subtract. That's it." And Stephanie says, "Yeah, but you sub—you <laughs> taught him math, how to subtract with oranges, and put him under a love trance." Oh, uh, Jesse's like, "And then come, come on, no, we'll, we'll figure this out, but because." And really, I think he's the only one that really, I don't think anyone knew that was even happening, that the girls had even switched, uh, Michelle and Steffi had even switched out rooms. And Jesse's like, go to my room, we're going to play a little Junior Love Connection. And Steffi says, yeah, I'd rather play Divorce Court. There is an episode, I think it's in season two, called Divorce Court.
2: Tell, oh, but you can't live here. Now go back to your room. No, this is my room. You live with DJ now. Michelle, don't listen to her. Go back to your room. What a thing. (laughs) Hi, Seth. Hi, honey.
0: Your boyfriend's
2: here. He is not my boyfriend. All I did was teach him how to subtract. You hypnotized him with oranges and you put him in the love trap. Yeah. Alright
4: enough of this Everybody step into my room We're going to play a little game of Junior Love Connection
2: Come on. I'd
1: rather play divorce court. Well, Michelle's just chilling on Jesse's bed Reading his mail She's too She's not reading your, He's like what are you doing Don't read my mail like, She's not reading it She's just like I wonder what this says It's not mine so I have <laughs> Just really interested in it She's basically killing time until she can get her old room back. He says, don't read that. That's personal. And he's thinking, of, like, what am I saying? Well, he takes her off the bed, puts her down, and says, honey, you need to go to your own room. And she's like, what What? What room? She's basically roomless. He, he takes her by the hand and leads her out of his room and says, huh. first she reads my mail, now she gives me lip. Great. So Jesse's like, all right, DJ, Harry, get over here. All right, look, DJ, as nicely as you can, can you please explain to Harry that? Tell him how you really feel. And DJ says, kid, you don't have a prayer. You have no shot with me. And Jesse is like, DJ, can you be a little bit nicer? You're breaking this kid's heart. (laughs) Poor poor Harry just looks so resigned. Nicer, huh? Come on. So DJ attempts number two, and I like what she does here. She says, "Harry, look, don't blow a good thing. All right, you got a great girl right here." And she says, and I love how she comes behind Stephanie, puts her hands on her shoulders, and says, "You already got a great girl right here, Stephanie Tanner." And I love how Stephanie turns her head to look up at, Ste- at uh, DJ and smiles. It's just so sweet. See, your sister's got your, but she's always had your back. And Harry says, I'm sorry, chief. You forgive me? And of course, Stephanie's not in your life. He says, in your dreams. I love <laughs> how Jesse goes behind Harry and starts using him like he's a puppet and moving his hands. And DJ does the same thing with Stephanie. It's adorable. And the boy who plays Harry just—he's getting the giggles. (laughs) I can't help but laugh along with it. And yeah, it ends well. And they shake hands. And Stephanie's like, "Okay, you're my boyfriend again." And suddenly, suddenly punches Harry in the arm. He's like, "Ow! What was that for?" And she says, "You're it." And she races out of the room. DJ, I love how DJ like sits uh next to Jesse on his bed, and she's like, "Ooh, that was weird." And Jesse tells her, "Oh, babe, it gets a lot weirder. Trust me. You have no idea." Shell, what are you doing? I don't read my mail.
4: That's personal. What am I saying? <laughs> All right, come on now. You go to your own little
0: room, okay? What
4: well, <laughs> room? <sighs> First she reads my mail and she gives me lip. Come on, get out of here. All right, DJ, Harry, come here. Now, DJ, as nicely as you can, tell Harry how you really feel about it.
2: Kid, you don't have a prayer.
4: <laughs> nice,
2: sir, huh? Look, Harry, don't blow a good thing. You already have a great girl right here. Stephanie Tanner. Sorry, kid. Forgive me in your
4: dreams. What Harry is trying to say is, I've made a big mistake. The biggest mistake of my life. Come on, Chief. Don't forget the good old days. Kindergarten. (laughs) Please, I'm begging you. Take me back. Take me back. Oh,
0: Harry, I
2: forgive you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so
4: happy. Shake
0: boyfriend
2: again.
4: Great. How? what was that for? Do it? Yeah. Um, love is weird. Trust me, babe. It gets a lot weirder.
1: So Danny and Joey are at the schoolyard. I'm surprised there's not a security guard there or a groundskeeper, did you say? I mean, did they go there to that school to play in the gymnasium to play basketball? I don't know. But, yeah, they got a giant shovel. (laughs) They don't need a huge shovel. But, anyway, Joey is criticizing Danny's digging. Like, Danny, you dig like you play basketball. Slowly. Oh, hey, hey, look. There goes that glacier again. (laughs) Hi. And Danny (laughs) says, you want to take over? And Joey's like, give me the shovel. Oh hey, look! We hit something. <laughs> he like he puts it down to hit the dirt. He's like, hey hey, look about that. We fa- we found great 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 great. <laughs> so they are so amazed at this thing. Is like they forget that they're fighting. Just look at that. Just the con- metal container is like really really rusted fact that they were able to just pop the top off that that canister without it y'all you know, being I mean 20 years is a long time I don't think anything that's in there and the thing is nothing is in like a sealed ziploc bag or anything that stuff would have been ruined I mean under the dirt even though it wasn't too far under yeah he gets his old giant's cap and it barely fits him <laughs> I would not be putting that on my head unless they ran it through a washer. And Joey pulls out his very first insult book. He pulls out the pledge, which is just on a lined piece of paper. Again, I don't see how that would have survived 20 years. With all that dirt piled up there, it looks like maybe they buried it under, like, a foot of dirt. (laughs) Yeah, Joey takes the pledge and starts reading it. February 23rd. As Joey reads, this is to prove that he pledged on most sacred possessions to be soul brothers for life. Even if one guy moves very real far away, which I don't think they did. I mean, unless, I think by that time that Joey's parents probably were divorced and they just remained in in San Francisco for the duration. Right on, get down, stay funky. You know, all those hip sayings from 1970 or 1968. Signed, Daniel, Ernest, Tanner, and Joseph Elvin Gladstone. Which is funny because in the episode Nerd for a Day in season three, they say their middle names again. And I love how they laugh about a year like, oh, we had such horrible middle names, didn't we? I just love how Danny looks at Joey and says, oh, we have, we have horrible middle names. And Joey reads, like, oh, yeah, the worst. But hey, we kept this pledge, didn't we? And I love how they re- Danny reminisces. He just, it's amazing, you know? I mean, when we were growing up, we, man, we, we did everything together. Yeah, until Pam came into the picture when you were 18 and you guys got married at 19. And then... Joey probably fell by the wayside, and the thing is, it's the same thing, in a way, with Joey and Jesse getting closer with their friendship and everything like that, and just being partners, that Danny kind of feels like he's being edged out, and Joey, remotely, hey, we're still doing everything together, what are you talking about? And Danny agrees, with like, yeah, but Joey, I mean, it's, it's not the same. I'd be like, excuse me? Who dropped his whole life to move into your house to help raise your children for you or with you? That's friendship. That's love right there. It's been 20 years. Your friendship is going to evolve over and change over time. It, it, just, it has to. That's just life. You know, at some point, you're going to get older, you're going to take on more responsibilities, you're not going to have as much. How many people can say that their best friends that they grew up with live in the same home as them? They can't say that. All you can really do is hope to be able to reconnect over time and just make the time. Even if it's like once a month, uh, every six months, what have you. you, These are still friends. You'll make the time to be together. And this is where it comes out. Danny says, you know, I feel kind of stupid saying this, but, you know, ever since you and Jesse became good buddies and now you're partners with your business, I just feel like I've been left out. Almost like, it's not like he's spending every waking minute with, with Danny. It's like he's got his own life, too, and so does Danny. You guys live in the house, same house. You see each other every single day. If you want to hang out and spend time, you'll make the time to do it. It just feels like something that just recently started getting to him. Because now Jesse and Joey are having the advertising thing. Eventually they're going to have the radio show and everything. But you don't see, this is the only time you ever see Danny get frustrated that he's not spending time with Joey. You don't see Joey saying, Danny, wow, your kids, your wife, wow, you have no time for me. When has he ever said that? Never. So when Danny reveals that's why he's been the way he's been acting with Joey, and Joey is surprised. He didn't expect that. He has to like, really, that's what this is about? I mean, I don't understand why you didn't just tell me in the first place. And Danny says, well, I just, I didn't want you to give the wrong idea. You know, I'm glad you and Jesse are friends. Well, it feels like they kind of have to be in a way, you know, eventually would get to because you are co-parenting with Danny. I mean, sure, the guys have their disagreements sometime on how to handle certain, certain situations, but obviously they do learn that sometimes two heads or three heads are better than one. They're all learning as they go along. And Danny says, well, I, I just miss the way that our friendship used to be. And the thing is, uh, just, uh, friendship, I think what he he means is like, I miss the way when we have more time to hang out and do stuff. And he's just, he's banking on that nostalgia feel that we all feel. We I, I'm sure a part of us would all like to go back that time when things were just, they were easier, you had more time to do stuff, and just the days felt like they lasted forever, and and now as you get older you realize you don't have all that time anymore, because you have commitments and priorities and sometimes obligations and other things, just sometimes life just gets in the way and it's up to you to, you know, make time with the person if you want to spend time with them. But again, also friendships evolve. They're not you're not going to be the same type of. It's not going to be the same type of friendship that you had when you were 10, when you're now like 35, 40 years old. And and Joey's like, Danny, look, I live in your house. I'm helping you raise your girls. He, and then he adds, well, you know, I I've always been your best friend, and I'll always be your best friend. That's never ever gonna change. <laughs> Joey even holds up the pledge for like, it says so right here in the pledge. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes, Danny, I mean, not in so many words, but yeah, you kind of have been, you know, acting like a jerk. No, I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but, uh, mm-hmm. yes, you have. No, oh, da- Joey, don't, don't. Don't give him credit saying he had a good reason for. It. No, he did not. That was pure. There, it's like I would have said, you know what? Next time, if you're feeling something, Danny, just come and tell me straight out. Please don't be acting snippy like this. And, and Danny was acting very childish. It's like you could have just said, Hey, Joey, I'm I'm feeling like we need. To have some uninterrupted you know, time, just go hang out or something. Do you guys want to go, you know, go off to wherever, just go hang out, have a guy's weekend, and stuff like that? But now it's not so much just them being best friends because Danny's like, no, this needs something, it's missing something. See, they put the book and the pledge and the hat back in there and says, Hey, why don't we come back in another... Anyway, before we get to that, Joey apologizes, which I feel... Joey has nothing to apologize for. Danny is clearly the one that had the issue. But Joey says, Danny, look, I'm sorry if I've been taking our friendship for granted. You're working! You have a job that you get paid to do. That is not taking a friendship for granted. That is working. You li- Again, you live in the same house, you're gonna see each other. Maybe in passing, but just see each other. It's not like you don't see each other at breakfast time, you don't see each other at dinner time, and you can, like, talk about your days. And Joy says, but just remember this, no matter what happens, we're always there for each other. Oh, and they do the soul shake. The soul handshake. Oh, this just, this hurts so much hearing him, Joey's one that says, hey, why don't we bury this stuff again and come back when we're old, little old men and dig it up? And it just, oh, it breaks my heart because Danny never gets to that point. Sure, he might be in his 60s in Fuller House, but he does not, oh, it just, it breaks my heart to hear that. I know they're characters, but even still, it still hurts that realization. And Danny says, hey, by then maybe I'll be so shriveled up this cap might fit me. Well, I'm sure you can, well, I don't know. Did they, did ball caps have the adjuster on the back back then? Or was it just his one size fits? If you're lucky, it it fits whoever. (laughs) There is no adjusting. But the cap, the book, and the pledge, and that's when they're like, no, this needs something. I honestly would have found something better to put that stuff in and rebury it. Like, I wouldn't have buried it back of the school. Bury it in your backyard. That house is going to be there in the Tanner Fuller what have you family forever. So you may as well just get something that will keep that stuff good. I mean, how it lasted 20 years in perfect condition without the elements getting to it over two decades, I have no idea.
3: Annie, come on! You dig slower than you play basketball. There goes that glacier again. You think you can do better? Here, you dig. Okay?
1: <laughs> Watch for that.
3: I hit something.
0: <laughs> this. Wow. this
3: is it. Oh man! My old Giants cap. <laughs> My very first insult book. (laughs) What's this? That's the pledge. I forgot all about this. This is to prove that on February 23rd, 1968, we pledge on our most sacred possessions to be soul brothers for life, even if one guy moves real far away. Right on, get down, stay funky. (laughs) Signed, Daniel Ernest Tanner and Joseph Alvin Gladstone. (laughs) We have horrible middle names, <laughs> the worst. But we kept this pledge, didn't we? It's amazing. When we were growing up, man, we did everything together. We're still doing everything together. Yeah, but Joey, it's not the same. <laughs> I feel really stupid saying this, but uh, ever since you and Jesse became good buddies, and now your partners. I don't know. I feel <laughs> left out. Is that what this is all about? Why didn't you just tell me this in the first place? I do not want you to get the wrong idea. I'm glad you and Jesse are friends. I just missed the way our friendship used to be. Danny, I live in your house. I'm helping you raise your girls. I've always been your best friend. I'll always be your best friend. Says so right here in the pledge. I've been acting like a jerk. No. Yes, you have. <laughs> but you had a good reason.
1: No, you didn't.
3: Danny, I'm sorry I've been taking our friendship for granted. But just remember this. No matter what happens, we're always there for each other. <laughs> hey, what do you say we bury this stuff again and come back when we're little old men and dig it up? Yeah. Yeah. By then, I'll be so shriveled up, this cap might fit me. (laughs) Okay, here's my cap, my book, The Pledge. Wait a minute. Something's missing here.
1: So... Jesse comes by... And he's like, oh, you guys are nuts. I had to stash the girls at the Gibbler's and come down here just to bring you, or rush down here just to bring you my blow dryer. As far as he doesn't have any, I mean, that's the same schoolyard that he was in. Yeah. Joey says, sorry, I mean, we needed your most prized possession. If it's something that he uses on a regular basis, unless he can go out and buy another one, Not to mention you're just putting that thing in a rusted out canister and putting it in the ground. The elements are going to get to that thing. I would like, do you have anything else? Any like Elvis memorabilia, something small that could fit in there. So Danny hands Jesse the pledge to sign as Jesse reads. That is, this is to prove that Danny T. Joe, oh it's a new pledge. This is to prove that Danny T, Joey G, and Jesse K are officially soul brothers. So no middle names. Pals and best friends forever. And Jesse Lee, wait, no, this is you guys' thing. I mean, I don't want to interfere with that. And I like how they say, like, no, this is... Now this is our thing. We're all in this together here. So I like that they make a new pack to include Jesse. Yeah, he says, you you guys don't have to do this. This is your thing. And Jesse, Danny tells me, no. Now it's our thing. We're all in this together. Well, Joey says, we're all in this together. It's just, it's so sweet. Jesse, honestly, he feels so honored. You know, he's like, I'm so touched. Thank you so much for including me. <laughs> but seriously, my blow dryer? <laughs> I need to get one small enough to be able to fit in there. Why well, he didn't use it recently because that uh, we don't want that pledge to go up in smoke <laughs> or fire. He says my hair looks like I am digging, coming back and digging that thing up. And Joy says, "All right, now we got to do the official Soul Brother handshake." And as the credits are popping up, Jesse says, "Guys, this this is a little silly." And Danny says, "Well, hey, we could all hug." And Jesse's like, no okay. We'll do the soul shake thing. <laughs> Let's do the handshake thing. So he just watches Joe, Joey, and Danny do the soul brother shake, and then Danny and Jesse's just like I don't, know, I don't want to. And <laughs> Danny like grabs Jesse's hand and tries to help him perform the soul shake.
4: You guys are nuts, man. I had to stash the girls at the gibblers, rush down here just to bring in my blow dryer. Sorry. We needed your most prized possession. <laughs> Sign here. This is to prove that Danny T., Joey G., and Jesse K. are official soul brothers, pals, and best friends forever. Oh, you guys don't have to do this. I mean, this is your thing. Now it's our thing.
3: We're all in this together.
4: Thank you, guys. I'm touched. But my blow dryer? Alright. But if my hair looks like hell tomorrow, I'm coming back here and digging that thing. <laughs> well, now we all gotta do the official Soul Brother handshake. Guys, isn't this a little silly? We could all hug. Let's do the shake. <laughs> hey,
1: Alright, so that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time for the best outfit of the episode and worst outfit of the episode. Best outfit, I do want to give that to Jesse. I really liked his black suit jacket with the tealish blue button up shirt. And second best outfit, I want to give it to Joey's black v-neck sweater with the fuchsia yellow and blue shapes. And then, of course, the tealish blue shirt underneath. I really, I just, I, I like that it went together. Worst outfit, I would say the pink sweater that Stephanie's wearing when she and DJ and Harry come into the kitchens. I wasn't a fan of that. Tear teachable moment is just this. Like I just said through the episode, friendships are going to change as you get older, childhood friends, you know, some you keep and some, unfortunately, life kind of gets in the way and you just lose connection. Sometimes down the road you reconnect and sometimes just friendships just kind of dissolve over time, you know, you get other interests, you get older, you have new responsibilities and sometimes it's just, like even with me, the friendships I had growing up as a, As a kid and a teenager, I honestly don't really see or talk to them as much as I I used to. And it's just because we're all at different points in our lives and stuff. It's not like we don't occasionally check in with each other on Facebook and say, hey, how's it going? But it's not anywhere near what it was when I was honestly like 11 through... Nineteen, but that doesn't mean that I haven't met you know new friends and colleagues along the way as I've gotten older. Just as, and another thing is like your interests change. You're not going to have necessarily have the same interests you had when you were in your teens. You have and you get older, as you become an adult. You have adult interests that you find. Other people that have, share the same interests that you have that, you know, anyway, and it's, it's just, that's just how life is, that, you know, you evolve, you, you move forward, you gain new friends, and sometimes you keep your old ones, that's just how it is. So, for the next best friends... <laughs> Next episode of the Best Friends series is from Season 3, Episode 9, entitled Dr. Dare Rides Again. This is from November 24, 1989. Comet, the family's new dog eats Michelle's ice cream, and Pete, Bianco, is an old friend that Jesse once knew. He visits the family when Danny and Becky are away on a talk show styling trip. Feedback and some of Jesse's old ways pop up. So, when they say feedback, apparently Jesse has had so many bands over the years, not just Jesse and the Rippers, but prior to that, he was in feedback, he was in discipline problem in high school, so many different bands. And Pete Bianca was actually played by none other than Charles in charge fame Scott Baio. <laughs> And we have Roger Lodge playing Roger. We have Robin Donnie as Robin. She's been in another... Oh, she's been in another episode of Full House. Really? Let's see. Dr. Gator rides again from Season 3. We have Happy New Year. And we also have a date with... Oh! okay, I get it now. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, Ginger being the Happy New Year, she was the one of the th- the three candidates on the dating video. Oh, okay, gotcha. Interesting. So, look forward to Dr. Dare Rides Again, the second episode in the Best Friends series, and then after that, it will be season fours. Good news, bad news. So that focuses on DJ and Kimmy. Whereas this episode, Dr. Dear Rides Again, focuses on Jesse and Pete. And how they are both at different points in their lives. So yeah, Pete Bianco arrives into town. He's pretty much living the same life he did when he was 17. And Jesse has grown up. He's evolved. He's in a relationship. He's helping raise three girls. He's got a lot more responsibility. But that old life keeps, you know, calling to him. And it's like you are not the same person anymore. Alright, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And I will be back next week with Dr. Dare rides again. Have a great weekend, everyone. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at o m h c f h f h at gmail dot com. Bye bye.